He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Praise Jesus. Shall we bow our heads and pray? I want you to just recognize the presence of the Lord here. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And if we are bound, the Lord will set us free in every way. Hallelujah. I just want to recognize the presence of the Lord. And I want you to recognize to whom we have come to. We have come to the Father of Spirits. And it is a spiritual meeting. Hallelujah. So I just want us with an attitude of worship and with open hearts to say unto the Lord, I will bless the Lord and give
Let everything that is in us that has breath praise the Lord. Thank you for the privilege of standing behind this sacred desk. Thank you for the privilege of being a vessel you have chosen to use. Thank you for the privilege of sending me round the nations. It is of your mercies, oh God. And I give you all the praise and all the glory. Thank you for what you will do in the lives of your people. Father, you sent your son to die for them. I did not die for them, you did, oh God. And you know where to meet your people, oh God, tonight. I pray by the power of the Holy Ghost that every evil spirit and evil work of the enemy shall be abased. That the presence of the Lord shall fill this place. That the glory of the Lord shall cover everything here, oh God. And that the name of the Lord will be lifted up. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for the anointing that comes upon this vessel of clay. For your word says, my God, that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power shall be of you and not of us. Let the excellency of the power be of you this evening, O oh God. And let your name be glorified. Let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Please take your seat. Let's turn our Bibles to Exodus 30. <laughs> Read it from verse 17. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, You shall also make a laver of bronze with its base of bronze for washing, and you shall put it between the tent of meeting and the altar, and you shall put water in it. And Aaron and his sons shall wash their hands and their feet from it. When they enter the tent of meeting, they shall wash with water, that they may not die. Or when they approach the altar to minister by offering up in smoke a fire sacrifice to the Lord, so they shall wash their hands and their feet, that they may not die, and it shall be a perpetual statute for them. For Aaron and his descendants throughout their generations. Hallelujah. And let's go to Exodus 35. It's good to read the Bible. Amen. Not just Lady Pastor said, but what did God say? And Moses spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded, saying, Take from among you a contribution to the Lord. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it as the Lord's contribution, gold, silver, and brass, and blue, purple, and scarlet material, fine linen, goat's hair, and ram skins, dyed red, and porpoise skins, and acacia wood and oil for lighting and spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense, and onyx stones and certain stones for the effort and for the breast piece. Amen. Now let's read 38. I'm, I'm trying to build up something. 38. Moreover, he made the laver of bronze with its base of bronze from the mirrors of the seven women who served at the doorway of the tent of meeting. Amen. Amen. Now, God here calls Moses 
and says that make a laver, which is like a big basin, a wash basin, like a sink. And ask everybody who is of a willing heart to bring whatever is precious to them. If it's silver, if it's gold, if it's bronze, call on, the, on them to bring it. So God gave instructions for the labor and for its use. Says that, set it between the tent of meeting and the altar. So that when the priest comes, he will wash his hands there. Before he enters the Holy of Holies, and then also after he has made the sacrifice, he will wash his hands in that labor which contained water. Now later on, Exodus 38, just as we read, God said to Moses, call on the seven women to bring their mirrors. And it's the mirror that's going to be used to construct the labor. Amen. God had already made a general, whatever is precious to you, bring it. Whether it's wood, whether it's purple, whether it's blue. And then later, he gives a specific instruction to Moses that tell the seven women to bring all their mirrors so that we can use it to construct the labor. Now, is there any woman here who doesn't have a mirror? Is there anybody here like that? You don't have a mirror in your room, in your, no matter the size. You just don't own a mirror. Is there any woman like that? Now, these Eastern women, the mirror was something very precious to them. In fact, Bible commentary says that mirrors were so precious in those days that the women would hang it around their necks even when they were doing hard work. <laughs> so that they would steal glances of themselves in the mirror. And that was what God asked for. It was a precious thing. And that's why it's, it's linked with gold, silver, bronze, bronze. There were bronze mirrors, but so well polished that you could see your reflection or your image in it. And God asked for those mirrors. But when it came to the seven women, these were women of a special class who served in the tent of meeting. They were not just anybody. Hallelujah. There were women with a servant's hearts. There were people who already loved God. These are women who had taken themselves out of the world and out of the home to come and serve in the tent of meeting. In fact, during the time of Hophni and Phinehas, the Bible said that they slept with the women at the meeting of the tent of, at the, at the mouth of the, the entrance of the tent of, tent of meeting. So these were seven women who were dedicated. They were not just women walking around, women without a vision, but women who had sacrificed so much and given up so much to be dedicated to God. And yet, God still called for their mirrors. Hallelujah. And in the Bible, when God wanted to punish the daughters of Israel, he said that he was going to take their mirrors away from them. And I want us to read that so that we can see it. Amen. Exodus. Have we read Exodus 30? Okay, let me look for that verse where God said he was going to punish them and he was going to take their mirrors away from them. Isaiah 3 verse 23. You see me 
I see. Isaiah 3. Okay, let's read from verse 16 so that we understand. Moreover, the Lord said, Because the daughters of Zion are proud and walk with heads held high and seductive eyes and go along with mining steps, mincing steps, and tinkle the bangles on their feet. Therefore, the Lord will afflict the scalp of the daughters of Zion with scalps or sores, if you like. And the Lord will make their foreheads bare. In that day, the Lord will take away the beauty of their anklets, headbands, crescent ornaments, dangling earrings. If you are thinking of ideas for birthdays, you can look here. Bracelets, veils, headdresses, ankle chains, sashes, perfume boxes, amulets, finger rings, nose rings, festal robes, other tunics, cloaks, money purses, hand mirrors, undergarments, turbans, and veils. Now it will come about that instead of sweet perfume, there will be putrefaction. Instead of a belt, a rope. Instead of well-set hair, a plucked-out scalp. Instead of fine clothes, a donning of sackcloth and branding instead of beauty. God, that is what he's saying to the daughters of Zion who have gone against him. I'll take away your amulets, your bracelets, your this, and your mirrors. And your, today, if your mirror is taking so, a mirror, I can just get one at me go. A mirror is nothing. But in those days, mirrors were scarce. And they have to polish the bronze before you can see a reflection of your face. And God said, tell the seven women to bring their mirrors. Now, what do mirrors do? Mirrors show us a reflection of ourselves. They show you what you look like. If you, you want to know whether you've put on weight, you look in a mirror. Amen. If you want to know whether you are growing old, you look in a mirror. If you want to know whether your haircut is nice, you look in a mirror. If you want to know whether your clothes are in place, you look in a mirror. Every woman has a mirror. Hallelujah. And the mirror is something you hold in front of you so that you can see. Now, as you look into the mirror, you are often very kind to yourself. Because it's a reflection of yourself. If it's somebody else, you say, mm, but why is it hey, like that? But when it's you say, oh, it's only this. When I this, it will be okay. Oh, it's only that. I just have to do that and it will work out. So when you look in a mirror, you see a reflection of yourself. When we also look in mirrors as women, we see a reflection of our lives. Hallelujah. And the Bible uses the imagery of mirrors so much that I wouldn't like us to miss it. When we look at 2 Corinthians 3.18. If you are there, say amen. If you are not there, say wait for me. Okay, 
but we all with unveiled faces, beholding us in the mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Now, what is this veil? What does the Bible say? Unveiled faces. Look at verse 16. But whenever a man turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So it is those who have turned to the Lord and know the Lord who have unveiled faces. Amen. But if you are not fully surrendered to the Lord, you don't have an unveiled face. Like Moses, you have a veil over your face. But the Bible says, but we with unveiled faces, not veiled, beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. I want to say that you are what you behold. And you are what you see in the mirror. And you are what you keep on gazing on. Because the Bible says that we are being changed from glory to glory as we are we with unveiled faces. Behold the image of the glory of God. Hallelujah. So what you behold is what makes you. Hallelujah. When you look in your mirror, what do you see? Now I want to say that we've all gathered here as women. Amen. And when things like tragedy, <laughs> the sons are also welcome. <laughs> when things like tragedy strikes, there's no distinction. There's no class distinction. When there's, let's say, um, terrorist bombing of uh, um, the Twin Towers, we don't say, oh, so many professionals died. So many lady professionals died. After that, so many rich ladies also died. And then so many poor people, listen, 100,200 people died. Hallelujah. So at a stage, you have a mirror, I also have a mirror, and we are all the same. And our issues are the same. Hallelujah. But oftentimes, you stop looking in your mirror, and you look into somebody's mirror. She's having problems in her marriage. How dare you talk about her? When your marriage is on life support. How dare you? When we look in other people's mirrors, we see other things. But it's the same reflection. Her issues are your issues. And your issues are also my issues. So therefore, you see me. I see you. Sometimes you leave your mirror and you look so oh, Lady Pastor Adelaide, her life is so perfect. I don't think she ever weeps. Ask my pillow. I, I don't think she ever has a trial. Even when she has a trial, I'm sure that the way she's a woman of faith, she won't even cry. But we have the same issues. The same mirror. Hallelujah. And most of the time, 
you look at a person from where the person is standing now, not from where the person has come from. But when you look at your mirror, you look at where you have come from. But we have all come from somewhere, and we were not created in space. Hallelujah. Everybody has a background. Everybody has a history. That's why it's called his story. History is your story. And your story may well be my story. If it's broken relationships, it's your issue and her issue. Say, I hear she broke up. I hear she's going, hey, what at all is wrong? Have you forgotten? So soon? Have you forgotten so soon? Hallelujah. And when people come to you, they're broken hearted about their relationship. Just pull together, believe God. It will be okay. It will be okay. It will be okay. But when you went through it, you knew all the verses. But it wasn't easy for you. How come when you have to minister to another sister, you behave as if it's instant coffee, instant tea? But the Bible says through much tribulation, we must enter the kingdom. Hallelujah. You see me? I see you. And because we leave our mirrors and look at other people's mirrors, it does not stir up the bowels of compassion in us. Because when we look at other people's mirrors, instead of seeing ourselves, we see the people. And we don't judge them right. Hallelujah. But our issues are the same. Do you remember when that foolish first boyfriend of yours broke your heart? How you worked. Now when the younger women come, you say, oh, this is, we've all seen it before, just be okay, be okay. You didn't eat for three days. Because of that foolish boy, it is today that the Lord has opened your eyes. But at the stage where that young woman is, you've also been there before. Hallelujah. Are there times when in your life things that are uncontrollable, seniors, come your way? Are there times when you pray and you don't seem to get an answer? I've been there too. Are there times when you pray and you still don't have an answer, but you still keep on walking? Walking in faith even when you, you cannot see. I've been there. Hallelujah. Amen. Are there times when you don't even know what is right? You know, when something is wrong and right, you know what. But when there are two right things, which one should you do? Which one? Should, which option? Or is it an option? You see me. I see you. I see you. Are there times when you have sleepless nights? You cannot sleep. You are worried. About so many issues, including foolish ones. Amen, Amen ladies. Amen. Our issues are the same issues. Our issues in the home are the same issues. Our issues with our children are the same issues. And some of us may not have children yet. So since she had these two children, you see, she's really backsliding. You wait. <laughs> I've seen it time and time again. And I, I keep preaching about it because I keep seeing it. You know, I just saw a young lady on Sunday and 
She came with her husband. Her husband was holding the baby. It's a long time since I saw you. <laughs> hey, lady passes. Humility has clothed you. <laughs> because before she got married, she was telling me, you know, the man was from another church. And I said, oh, so you are going to your husband's church. No, 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 no. It depends on me, lady. It doesn't depend on him. See? And the man was standing there coolly. I said, does it really depend on her? The man said, well, we are discussing. I said, ah, don't be so sure. So, lady, because I made it a condition. That's, that's for me. I want to stay here. So if he wants to marry me, then he has to know that that's the condition. Then when I asked the brother, he said, well, we are still discussing. <laughs> you see me, I see you. After a while, I didn't see her anymore. And then I saw her on Mother's Day with her baby. I said, so how is it? Which church have you been going to? <laughs> In fact, I want to take pictures or write some notes because the humility is too much. When I see the young people in the, in the church, you know, the young women are married. This afternoon at three, I'm going here. From here, I'll go and visit my friend. From here, I'll go there. I said, hey. And I said, when you marry, all these things will change. No, 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 no. We'll discuss it. We'll this. Ah, is it by discussion? And then as they go on. I don't know whether it was here. The last year I told about a lady, very trendy lady. Always put, you know, looking nice, everything together. And then she got married. Then her husband comes. She has not cooked. And so Bishop Saki and the wife called her. So, Why? Are you not cooking my nails? <laughs> my nails, lady pastor, I cannot dip them in water. I'm very particular about my nails. And besides, I don't even know how to cook, you know, so. I mean, he has to help me to learn on the job. Hey, on the job, really? And she seemed to be gaining ground, you know. So, I almost mentioned it. This lady, you know, she's getting along. Then I met her on the car park. Ah, a dress, what's that? Even slippers, go on. <laughs> Hey! And Tashali called us, Madam! I'm always on the verge of mentioning their names. Then she came. I said, What's wrong? I'm very tired. <laughs> Why are you so tired? Hey, so some of you people didn't tell us the marriage class. Pregnancy is very wild. I said, But if even you are coming to church on Sunday, these sandals you are wearing, they are no good at all. <laughs> and you. I know that it's not because you have a need. But why? He said, hey, when I wear heels, I feel dizzy. When I do this, I feel this. Is it possible? And I said to her, you have been handled. She said, humble. She said, greatly, if there were another word. <laughs> All the marital quarrels have ceased. She has become very, very, very sober. You see me. I see. So you may not be pregnant now. So be compassionate. Be merciful. Because the issues are the same. Mercy does not mean do not address things. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Not just truth, but grace and truth. Hallelujah. Sometimes there are some lady pastors I say, well, counsel this lady for me. And some of them I know their backgrounds. How wild they have been. And where they have been. And then when I told them, these people, the way they live their lives, they are too promiscuous. They are too, it's true, but I always marvel at the 
what should I say there? Impudence with which they're able to address people and cause them to line up. And I say, ah, by you. We will remember. You see me. I see you. Hallelujah. And when we look into other people's mirrors, we often have a judgmental attitude. We see faults. And we also see things that are not real. We feel that people just came, you know, out of an explosion. They just came. They haven't been anywhere. They just came and then they were first lady. They just came and then they had daughter you can make. They just came in the ministry just because maybe they are the bishop's wife. They just came. No. It started small. Hallelujah. It started in a small room where we were not known. It started in a small room where I thought, oh, God had called us to just have a small women's Bible study and nurture it and grow from there. We were not on any television. We were not on any DVD. But I just felt that this is what God is calling us. And I could not see the future. Amen. Amen. I could never have seen this in my mind's eye. But it just took a little faithfulness. A little sticking to unattractive things. Amen. A little sticking to things that are not um, so glorious or so popular. But you just stick to it. And then with time, it began to grow. And then my husband said to me, oh, let me give you a name. For this ministry that you are nurturing, when you have a convention, call it Daughter You Can Make It. So our first convention, it was not called Daughter You Can Make It. It was called a women's convention. And the title was The Complete Woman. So we preached our spirit, soul, and body in some small classroom far away there. And then we started, little by little, little by little, and then God brought us here. But you often, when you are telling your story, you are not able to transmit the pain you're not able to transmit the sacrifice. You're not able to transmit your dilemmas. You say, oh, we went through some trials. But you're not able to convey the feeling. Because it's only the high priest who can feel what you felt. Hallelujah. And so you look at somebody and you say, oh, she just arrived. Her life is just complete. She has no need. There's nothing she believes God for. She's never broke. You know, my assistant is here. Sometimes I'm in the office and say, Shelly, I'm very broke. Do you have 5,000? And she used to laugh and say, nobody would believe this. Nobody would believe this. No. I look and I don't have. Since I go into the service, I don't have an offering. I don't have. Nobody would believe this. <laughs> Amen. But these are hidden things. That one will not have the opportunity to share. And so you always look into that false mirror. And often we come to God with veiled faces. As I was preaching in Accra about daughter get real, I said that we are so used to making up as women that we are afraid to be real. Amen. Amen. We have concealer to conceal all the wrinkles. We have foundation. We have loose powder. Now, even if you want eyelashes this long, you can have it. Hallelujah. The men, when they have a pot belly, they can do nothing about it. But we, we can do something about it. Hidden things. Hallelujah. And sometimes, we even put so many tight things around our stomachs. When we get up, before we can breathe. 
old faces. Our faces are veiled. Even hips, you can have false hips. You put them in your trousers and you are going. Hair color, you can have any hair color you want. Amen. We just have things that cover us up. And because of that, we are not able to look into the mirror of the word with unveiled faces. And we are not able to be real with each other. Hallelujah. Because when you are real with somebody, the person brings fakeness. Oh, is that the problem you're having? As for me, I don't have such problems. Oh, is that what's happening to you? As for me, I don't. But you have a concealer on. You have a foundation on. And we are not seeing the things that should be seen. But it's only with an unveiled face that we can see the glory of God. And it's only with an unveiled face that we can be changed into what God wants us to be. Let's read James 1.23. James chapter 1 verse 23. Are we there? For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. And once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man shall be blessed in what he does. Hallelujah. Amen. Now the Bible is saying that it depends on the kind of mirror you are looking in. It talks about the perfect law of liberty. And then the mirror of just the law is also something that exists. So there are two different things. The perfect law of liberty and then the mirror of just the law. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that if you look in the mirror... And you forget what you look like. You have become a forgetful hearer. But if you look in the perfect law of liberty and you do what it says, you will be blessed in your doing. Now, why did the Lord say that? Bring all your mirrors together. We are so self-centered about our problems. And we are so self-centered about our issues. And we are so self-centered about what does not make us happy. And we think that, oh, if only this man would change this area, everything would be perfect. But as soon as he changes, something else pops up. Because life is not supposed to be perfect. The Bible says that so long as we live, there will be seed time and harvest. Winter and summer. Day and night. They will never cease. It's part of life. The Bible says there's a time for everything. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gather and a time to scatter. So life can never be on one level. It can never be. But we are so pinned to our issues or what we think worries us that we are not able to look into the mirror that God is providing. We are looking into our own mirrors and we are not progressing because we keep looking into our own mirrors. 
Some of you, you are falling in love with your image. I was talking to one sister, she said, ah, me, you know, when I look in the mirror, I see that I'm not bad at all. We are so obsessed with ourselves that whatever God is saying is not reaching us. And we are not hearing because we are looking at our own mirror. And when we look at our own mirror, what we see does not bring the glory of God in our lives. But we beholding with unveiled faces, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are changed. The kind of mirror you look in is very important. You have the opportunity to look at many other mirrors, but there's one particular mirror that will cause the glory of God to come into our lives. And that is the one mirror that we hardly look at. Every morning, we look at that other mirror. But that mirror that will liberate us, the perfect law of liberty, we don't spend time to look at that mirror. When you look at that mirror, you must see yourself. But, you know, as we are going, something bites us. This does, hey, we don't get time to look into the important mirror. We rather look into the unnecessary mirrors. The mirrors that don't bring progress. Those are the ones. And God said, when they bring it, melt the mirrors and use it to construct the labor so that the reflection will not be only yours, but my mirror, your mirror, her mirror, our mirror, will come together. Because so far as we have our own mirrors one by one, that's no place for God. But when we all bring it to him, he melts it and he makes one labor. And that is all about him and not about us. But we are so tuned in the world to think that the more we think about ourselves, the better things we'll get. But that's a lie from the devil. The Bible says he who saves his life will lose it. But he who gives his life will rather save it. And many times when you are giving your life, it feels like everything is going away. When, when would there be something for me? But as you give your life, you rather save it. Amen. Hallelujah. So when they melted it and they put it together, there was a reflection. But the reflection was a reflection of all of us in the presence of God. And there was running water. The water signifies the washing of the water by the word. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, that he might present it to himself. It's talking about husbands, behave like Christ. Amen. And it's saying that, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. 
So the washing of water with the word brings sanctification and a cleansing. And the water that runs through the laver, the base of the laver was what the mirrors were used to construct. And that's where all the water pipes were. And so it was always running water. Constantly being cleansed by the word. Constantly because God knew that it wasn't about our issues. It was more about his word. And that if he took our mirrors and allowed his word to flow through, we would behold his glory. And we would come and be more like him. Hallelujah. Of all the things in the temple, it was the labor that God wanted the seven women's mirrors for. There were so many things that were constructed. There was shoe bread. There were candlesticks. There were holy of holies. There was a curtain. There was a veil. But he didn't ask the women in particular to bring anything. But for the labor, he said, bring your mirrors. And Moses, when they bring them, melt them so that they will not be so individualistic in their thinking. So they will not be so self-centered. I, myself, and me. No. I want them to come holistically into my presence. And I want to cleanse these women and use them for my own purpose and my glory. Hallelujah. So now at the labor, it's not about you. But it's about all of us coming into his presence. And that's our mirrors, the images of our lives, the brokenness, the unhappiness, the disappointment, the joys, the sorrows, the loss of expectations. All that was to be melted. Hallelujah. Melted. When something is melted, it loses its shape and and it was to be used to construct something else. And so the mirror of our lives are supposed to be brought into his presence so that he can break them into what he wants them to become and use it for his own purpose. So far as you have your mirror, you use it for your own purpose. But when you give it to Moses, the high priest, in those days, the high priest, the one that approached God, nobody else could approach God. So God gave the instruction to the high priest. So far as the high priest took it and melted it, it no longer meant that you and you, it wasn't individualistic anymore. It now became about the person whom the high priest was serving and representing. He says, so that when Aaron and his sons come, they will wash their hands and wash their feet, cleanse themselves in this word before they enter my presence. The laver had water running through it. The Holy Spirit is also sometimes referred to as the river, as the water. As a woman in ministry, you will have many things that will draw you back. As a woman who wants to go ahead with God, many things will pull you back. But go back and behold the glory of the Lord. Behold the perfect law of liberty. Because that is what will keep you going. And make you not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word. Hallelujah. There are times when you won't feel like preaching. There are times when you have your own issues and yet you have to stand behind the pulpit. And proclaim the word of God. Because you didn't write God's word. God's word is true whether you are sad or happy. God's word is true whether you are depressed or not. God's word is true whether you are sick or well. It is God's word, not your word. And you must give God's word as his meat. Hallelujah. 
If I were to look at my issues, I would say, hmm. you know, these days my husband's schedule has changed drastically. Every other week he's doing healing Jesus. And, and that's not how my life started. And as I told you, you know, at a point he said to me, when we were a few, like, hundred, he said, oh, when we have an office, our lives will become very normal and stable. We'll close at four o'clock in the afternoon. I said, really, why? So because we'll be able to schedule all meetings and say that 3.30, we've closed, isn't it? And then we can go home and have lunch and there'll be more time. I believe that he also meant it with all his heart. But when he said that, I also swallowed it with everything. Not thinking that the number would go. So I thought that the hundred, that's how it would be. So we'll program our lives to catch up with the hundred. How many of you know that it has never been? Now, it, now even if I see him at four o'clock, I'll say, what went wrong? If I see him at four o'clock in the afternoon, I'll say, what went wrong? But as the ministry has grown, it has also made more demands on us. So I saw that this four o'clock will close. Our lives will be more scheduled. It's not true. But the key is to be malleable. Hallelujah. But some of us are so stiff. And when you are stiff, you break. But when you bend, you don't break. Amen. Amen. And so as he's gone more and more, at first it was branches. He was traveling to go and establish branches. And then at a point, it was more of like, um, I think, writing books. And now, not that he has stopped, but he's adding on. And then now it's healing Jesus. And I was used to, going on every trip, everywhere, but it's a different season in my life. And my children also need me. I cannot say that I'm going to leave them and then go. I have to create a balance. But if I look at my issues, I'll say, mm, these four children I've brought into the world, they're even worrying me in life. You know, I want to do this. I want to do that. No. But I've learned that every life has its seasons. And every season passes. And gives way to a new season. And that's what the Bible says. Weeping may endure for a night. It's just a night. It's just a night. Amen. But joy will come in the morning. And so I have learned. But I always say, Lord, this is new territory. I don't know it. But give me grace. And wisdom. I need wisdom to know how to maneuver in this new situation. And God always comes through with some wisdom. And now... I also have things to do. So sometimes even when he calls out, I'm coming at this test. He should come in the afternoon because I have a lot of things to do. I wish I could finish. You know, but if I was to look at that, say, I want a stable life. I don't want a life that today this, tomorrow that. Hey, my life is very fluid. You know, but I look at God's word. What does it say? What would Jesus do in a situation like this? There are times when I'm overwhelmed, yes. But I keep saying, somebody told me that, eh, when you say that, eh, you win your battle on your knees, everything go to God, and you know, I mean, tell me what you really do. That's what I really do. That's the truth of what I feel is my strength. And that is to come into his presence and be yourself. Unveiled face. Unveiled face. Tell him like it is. Don't say, oh, I'm a Christian, so... I'm not supposed to feel weary. I'm a Christian, so I'm not supposed to feel discouraged. I'm a Christian, so I have faith. I'm not supposed to be depressed. But when you come into the presence of God, tell him like it is. 
Because it is when your face is unveiled that you will see the glory of God. Hallelujah. When Jesus was in Gethsemane, he said that my soul is sorrowful unto death. Some of us would have said he's lost his faith, you know. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. But it's because he spoke the truth. The Bible says that speaking the truth in love, we may grow. When you speak the truth, you grow. And you develop. David said, why are the people oppressing me? Why are you blessing unbelievers instead of us? Why are you setting us in places that we don't see where we are going? And then after that, God gave him a revelation that they are all set in slippery places. Don't worry, I will bring you through. But he spoke the truth about his situation. And we have to get real. Unveiled faces. And the only place where you can be yourself because God knows everything is really in his presence. Where you can bear it all out to him. The Bible says we have a high priest who is touched. Some people, when you tell them they are prob- your problem, they are untouched. But this high priest is touched. Amen. So even when you share your problem with your husband, he doesn't even see that it's a problem. But this high priest, he is touched. Hallelujah. We have a high priest who is touched. Say, lady pastor, my husband should try and be a bit caring. He should be a bit, you know, when I tell him I don't like this. That's when he multiplies it by a thousand and does it. Somebody told me that when I tell him, I, do, I will not even tell him what I don't like anymore. But when I tell him, multiply this by a thousand. And then that's it. But we have a high priest who is touched with the feeling. The feeling. Sometimes you just want somebody to feel what it is that you are going through. But the high priest is touched with the feeling of our strength. Of our victories, of our weaknesses. He's touched with the feeling of our infirmities, our weaknesses, our failings, our mistakes, the things that we don't understand. He's touched with that feeling. We have a great high priest. And he's not just a feeling high priest, oh, I just feel. But that causes him to make intercession for you. And he knows the right prayer topics to pray for you because he's a high priest who is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. But it's time to look away from our mirrors and look into the perfect law of liberty. Amen. The perfect law of liberty is not Moses' law. The perfect law of liberty is that law, that new covenant that sets us free and makes us into the image of Christ. Many of us, we see only the image in man-made mirrors. It's time to see your image the way God sees you. And many times when it's said, We don't allow it to sink into us. We don't believe that we are the apple of God's eye. We don't believe that our names are inscribed on his palms. We don't believe that he rejoices over us with singing. We don't believe that he knows the plans that he has for us. That they are plans of prosperity and not of disaster. To give us a future and to give us a hope. We don't believe it. Because when we look at the mirror, we see failure. We see mistakes. We see things we can't handle. We see despair. We see hopelessness. When you look into the perfect law of the God's mirror, you will be changed. You don't even have to ask him to change it. But as you see the mirror, you see your reflection. The Holy Spirit is at work in us. Both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So that you don't have the will to do something. Say, Holy Spirit, you are here to help me to will. And to do. Therefore, give me the will. Stir up the will and stir up the doing and cause me to do it. You know, sometimes I come 
between a rock and a hard place. And then I say to God, you know, this thing that you have asked me to do, I'm finding it difficult to do it. But I want to do it. But I feel that it will be very hard and very painful. But I've read in your book, in the book of Acts 16, I believe, that you opened the heart of Lydia to receive your word. And I believe that it's not just salvation, but to receive a part of a word that is difficult for you. So I've learned to pray that prayer topic. Lord, open my heart like the heart of Lydia to receive this thing you are asking me to do because it's not easy. But if you open my heart, it will be in my heart and I'll be able to walk with it and be all that you want me to be. You see me? I see you. God sees you, and God is giving you a new image. Saying, bring your mirrors. Bring the self-centeredness. You are always on your mind, not other people. You are always the one on your mind. You are always thinking about yourself. You are always thinking about uh, how, how pitiful your situation is. Self-pity. When I was a child, I used to cry, and then I would look in the mirror to see if my eyes are swollen. <laughs> So that my mother will feel bad. So I'll be doing this. And some of us, we pity ourselves. We make a pity party. Nobody likes me. As for this thing, it's only my situation. As for me, nothing works for me. As for me, everything is bad. So far as you are on your mind, you will never have time to look into God's mirror. And you will never have the chance to be taken ahead by God. This evening... May we all, as seven women, bring our mirrors to the altar. May we offer them to our high priest so that he may bend down our, altar, our mirrors and build a laver to himself. And may that laver be a symbol of the cleansing of the water by the word. Continually cleanse. Because, you know, there are issues in life and we need continual cleansing of the word because we run out. Just like a car runs out of petrol and needs to be refueled. May that be your story. And may you be a reflection of God's glory. As you behold him with an unveiled face, he will change us from glory to glory. Stand to your feet, please. Hallelujah. We want to pray. We want to say give us strength and grace to bring our mirrors to the foot of the high priest. Like the seven women of the Old Testament, you are asking us for our mirrors. You're asking us for the things that we keep looking at that are not helpful. The things we keep meditating on that are not helpful. You are calling us for our mirrors. And tonight, we surrender our mirrors so that there will be only one mirror, which is a reflection of the express image of your son. I want you to pray. I want you not to just take it as just an end to the session, but to mean it with all your heart. Talk to God. Talk about your issues that are on your mind, the things that are frustrating you, the things that you have meditated on until you begin to look like the things. Because as you behold something, you become that thing. You have become bitterness. You have become offense. You have become hopelessness. You have become despair. But tonight, we are giving up our mirrors so that his mirror will be the labor that will be built for his name and for his house. Oh, Kabbalah, Moshandin, Holy Spirit, this evening we ask you, come upon our lives. Breathe upon the difficulties. Breathe upon the frustrations. 
Breathe upon the unanswered situations. Breathe upon the things we cannot overcome, oh God. Breathe upon our self-centeredness. Breathe upon our selfishness, oh God. Breathe upon the deception of the enemy in our lives. Oh, this evening we bring all our mirrors. We bring all our issues. We bring them with a servant's heart. And we bring them to your throne of grace. We say, Lord, take these mirrors and make an edifice to the glory of your name. Make something that will bless other lives and not just ours, oh God. Make something that will bring a furtherance of your kingdom, oh God. And Father, I pray that you give us the wisdom to know what to yield, to know what is not helping us, and to come to that place that with unveiled faces we will behold your glory. And may we be changed from glory to glory till we become conformed to the image of your Son. We give you praise for answered prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 243 187 you can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.